0: Diamond Answer Man Show, Season 4, Episode 2, Two Things to Think About When Buying Your Diamond. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jay Christopher Gertz. This is The Diamond Answer Man Show, where our goal is to help each other learn more about the world of diamonds and feel Confident about those purchases. That's right, they help us memorialize our special moments, in birthdays, anniversaries. And of course, we're in that month where weddings are going on, and of course, diamonds are being purchased and given as gifts. The brides get them on their fingers. If you have any questions about buying diamonds, you may reach me at 803 792 1326. You may also find me on my website, which is diamondanswerman.com. Send me a message through the speak pipe there on the right hand side of the site. Find me on Facebook or Twitter, Google Plus, LinkedIn, and of course as always, follow me in iTunes. And if you like this show, by the way, it's always, always nice if you would be kind enough and just make sure that you like my show. That's of course if you do. In iTunes, you know I do this show for free. Although I've had some things happen and change in my world since our last show and I just put that show up. It was a little belated show going up there on the uh, on the site there and in iTunes itself. But I've made some changes. You know, that last show came out. I, I should say I, I put together that show way back after the first of the year and some major things. I made some ma- major decisions in changing my life and getting back into this world that I love. That being diamonds and jewelry. And uh, I hope you can tell that I like this industry. I hope you can tell that I enjoy it and that I've lived it. Um, And I hope that in many ways that you get something from all the experience I have and I've had. And of course, as we get questions through to the uh, phone number, the hotline, or if we get questions that are sent through voicemail, uh, through SpeakPipe there on the right-hand side of the site, and... And of course, I hope you get the opportunity, and if you do, use the Affidavit of Diamond Buying Agreement, the Statement of Buyer's Rights there that's free on the website. Just send me a link. Let me know you used it and how it was received. And of course, if you've got a jeweler who's confident standing behind those decisions and making sure that they're earning your business... Um, make sure you let me know who they are. I'd like to give them a shout out on our show. I mean, that's for free. I'd I'd love to do that. I really like to meet and I like to talk with the jewelers in our industry that really stand behind everything that they sell. And, uh, you know, there are quite a few of them out there and, uh, you know, I I just would like to know all of them if I could, of course, with the hundreds and hundreds there would be. Anyway, well, let's talk about our news first, you know, we're going to talk about news and then uh, we'll talk about the two things I learned after visiting the JCK show. The first thing, you know, just as we understand our world as U.S. consumers and buyers, you know our sales over last year so that's good news right you know we talk about the economy changing and things swinging around and you know diamonds and diamond and jewelry sales was up over last year you know still down as compared to what we would think would have been great growth you know the us market is such a mature market you know when you think about business and and how it grows and changes i mean these are things that may bore you but kind of excites me, you know, uh, when you start a company, if you're in the Bay Area, as I am today, um, where on my last show I was in South Carolina. So uh, we're Charlotte, a little suburb of Charlotte. I was, I was located where my studio was. Now my studio is much, much smaller. But, um, and it's, and it's kind of unique. It's on a big table here. But anyway, I, d- I don't have the big sound studio I had before. I, I gave that up so I could come back here to California. And uh, anyway, so um, my point to that being is that uh, diamond and jewelry sales grew over last year, just not as much as they would have liked to have seen. The the, uh, U.S. market is so mature that it's hard to make any big swings. And I guess my point earlier was the fact that if you're in a startup, which there's so many that happen here in the Bay Area, that there's always that phase where your product comes out and nobody knows about it. And uh, and it could be a product or it could be an industry that's making changes. You know, one good industry or one one example we can think about is is uh, uh, you know cassette VHS cassettes. You know, at one point in time, those were you know nobody had heard about those and then all of a sudden there was growth and then of course and there's that maturity and then and then there's you know it starts to sort of fade out and 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 people lose interest and i've simplified those steps quite a bit but you know the diamond world you know as the first part of the last century coming through into the 50s and 60s the, uh, the, the market sort of struggled, and then somewhere in that early 40 period, uh, you know, De Beers made some changes and some marketing changes, and then when we get get to the 50s and then eventually the 60s, about 1960s through the, through the early 70s, I don't know, I'm going to get some numbers in here, about 80% of all brides received diamonds as engagement rings. So that number has changed a little bit but we 're talking about a percent or two, and that 's because you know people have other options that they buy or other options they put into an engagement ring uh, my My point being is that so many people here in the United States know about diamonds. our awareness of diamonds, especially as bridal jewelry, is so big that it 's hard to make a huge change it 's not like we 're you're going to find a, a a new base of customers that hasn 't heard of diamonds you know that 's sort of Sort of even funny to think about in our minds so uh so you know there there is changes, and there has been growth and uh, you know some things that I learned from the j c k show sitting and listening to some of these conferences has been you know some surprising numbers and and one big number that uh, that uh, I was very excited to see is that two thirds. Of all online sales are are made by brick and mortar stores. You know, you think online, you think it's going to be you know one of the big diamond sites or maybe a, a, a big producer like Amazon, not just Blue Nile or something like that. But there are other smaller sites that compete. And uh, but it's it's two thirds of all sales. All online sales are made by brick and mortar stores, and I think that that's partially to do with the fact that you do a lot of research on the internet. And then, of course, if you're going to purchase, you may purchase from that store eventually, um, you know. But if you do, it may be over the phone, it may be online. Um, and we know that everyone right now is they will go to the internet, and what they'll do is we'll look it up and we'll do all of our research, and then we go into the store. And uh, of course, I hope you will listen to this show. Um, so, so that's that's exciting. One one little factoid that that I. Found uh, from the show was that uh, during the conference, that's the De Beers conference they had. Um, it was reported that that uh, there are no new diamond mines right now, um, and that out of the seven thousand pipes that they've looked at, only sixty are actually producing, and only ten are big producers. And uh, you know, the CEO of De Beers, Philip Melier, um, was talking about diamond production more or less going down some of the mines will be will be slowing down production you know production is you know they predict how the life expectancy of a mine and and some of them are going to start producing less and less and there are methods that de Beers is doing they're altering their mining methods and mining under things like lakes And uh, uh, to extend the life of the mind and and to, of course, uh, to maintain profitability. You know, if it costs too much to get it out of the ground, they're not going to mine it, right? Um, So those are the things that I learned from the show. And we'll talk about some more of those things on the next show. I hope to put one out next week. Uh, You know, some of the things I learned. But I think the number one thing that I took from the JCK show when we're talking about diamonds in particular, and this is my topic For the moment, that the diamond industry is struggling for your business, and that doesn't mean that the retail jewelers are struggling. Um, They all may complain that prices are too high on polished diamonds. That's as we see them and we put them in rings, a polished stone. And I think that's part of the problem that's going on is that uh, that the perception of what costs should be aren't meeting, and uh, the rough dealers. You know the the uh, the companies such as De Beers and you know the ones that do all the mining. Um, You know it's the prices that they're charging through to the uh, polishers themselves. The polishers are saying that they're not able to sell them into the wholesale or even the retail market and make a big enough margin to stay in business. And then you fold into that fact that banks are charging a higher rate for loans. And it's pushing some polishers out of the business. You know, there there, there is a, a big group of polishers, or I should say there's a big outcry uh in the Indian polishing industry, and in that there, there are stores that are just folding up shop and leaving the industry. Um, you know, they they uh they aren't able to pay the high rates that the banks are charging. And they're not able to buy the diamonds at the high rough rates and then able to pay their polishers, pay their equipment, uh, uh, run their companies, and then sell the diamonds at those wholesale levels into the market. I know this sounds crazy to even talk about because, of course, our perception is is that there's so much money in diamonds, but it, it may be only a few percent at each level. Uh, whoever's touching it, so if you're that middle guy or gal that's got their diamond cutting facility, you know you're that company that's in that middle position where you get them the rough stones and then you have to polish them and then hopefully sell them the uh, The margins are not there for so many companies. Um, that they're just closing up shop. And and I think the the big thing for you, since as you're listening to this show, you're most likely thinking about buying a diamond, um, but what does this mean for you? Well, if you're in the market right now, there are some deals to be had. And, and it also means, of course, because of this thing that's going on, that uh, prices will go up in the near future. And I'll get to the reasons why in a second. It's been about four years now since I've been, I guess, telling you that it's a great time to buy, that these changes have been occurring, uh, and I think in the near future, you know, we're talking about those prices, we're going to see them turn around and move in another direction. So I think it's coming sooner rather than later. So I'll give you a little gist of what, what I understood from this show that I went to, JCK Las Vegas. is one of the largest shows in the world. And of course, thousands of jewelers go to the show. And it's, it's one of the major convention centers there. Um, but Philip Melier, the CEO of De Beers, De Beers, gave a talk at JCK, um, which of course, I really loved sitting through that. And I recorded it on my little Zoom recorder, which I record this show with. So I, I was kind of having geek fun um and uh, you know this is what I took from it De Beers controls about one third of the market and uh, you know when we think about business if you control one third of it you're not going to go out of the way to help the other two-thirds of the business be successful and uh, you know so that's that's one of the things they've got going on and if you have uh, customers that buy your product and and they're not able to sell that product or they're not able to create value in that product. Um, you know, you don't really necessarily always wanna support that person. You wanna you wanna support the person that helps drive your business. So De Beers isn't gonna support the diamond groups that produce the other two thirds of the market. And then of course, you know, if they like they used to do, I mean, they used to have the Diamond Information Center. And the Diamond Information Center used to produce all sorts of literature that any jeweler and any diamond polisher could use to help you understand diamonds. That's you, me and you as we buy diamonds to help you understand how to buy, how to grade, all those kinds of things. He used to have these really cool brochures and selling tools to help us understand the market. And uh, you know, they, they don't do that anymore. They, 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 they gave that all up. And when they diversified, of course, um, all that changed. So here's, here's what's going to go on. Um, so since they're not going to support the other diamond groups, they want to support their own site holders. All right, so, so how does this all matter? Well, there is an issue with certain diamond polishers that, uh, that are site holders who are complaining that, uh, that there are no margins. So here's what's going to happen. De Beers has called them out, and they are not going to be helping those who are not improving their processes, who are not uh, fixing their accounting issues. Uh, De Beers uh, does want to support um, companies that, that are looking to improve their processes, looking to inc- improve or correct their accounting issues, um, not producing generic stones, you know those kinds of things that, that really help the industry and increase value. So um, they have a division. De Beers has a division because the banks have increased their loan rates. De Beers has a division where they're going to help with financing rough. So they have a financial end, um, which is going to help these polishers. And what does this all mean to you? Prices will be going up. So if you increase the overall value of the diamond, you know, right? So if I'm a producer and I I add value to the stones, I produce – and then uh, by adding value, um, I mean really increasing the value perception in a way that increases margins. Um, De Beers is really, really pushing this. And they, they use words like brand and they, they express brand as a priority. And they know that this is possible um, because of the Forever Mark. Forever Mark is a prime example that this is possible. Um, and this is the brand that's only available from De Beers to select dealers, uh, and the diamond itself, it, it must adhere to a specific, I should say, a, a range of minimal parameters to receive the Forevermark designation. Um, and I, I want to make it clear that there are many generic diamonds in the world that are far more beautiful by performance standards, right? You know, that's my big thing. Um, but in the U.S., so the U.S. buyer, they're eating this Mark brand up and they're willing to pay a premium for it. So this tells us that that we as as buyers are brand conscious and when we're willing to pay that premium for it, De Beers is able to through its own divisions where they're either sourcing or polishing these specific diamonds that they're able to brand as forever mark with the little inscription that they put on the table. If they're able to build enough of whatever it is, that you feel, that makes it worth it, and they're able to make more money when they sell it, All right, there's a premium for it, Um, this tells De Beers that the polishers that are having problems selling their diamonds, the generic diamonds, are failing at recognizing the fact that they're not adding value. They're just selling generic product. Brands sell even if there isn't a big difference. It's all about what you think and feel about it. You know, so is is a is a branded diamond worth more than a non branded diamond? Well, yes and no. It depends upon your perspective. If you buy a branded stone, like a Forever Mark stone, and it doesn't perform as well as one that's a generic stone, but the Forever Mark costs more, um, is it worth more? Well, from an insurance perspective, it absolutely is. You know, because you can only replace a forever mark if it's branded and it's inscribed and it's described as such with a forever mark. If you buy a generic stone, a generic stone can come from anywhere, and its valuation is is completely different. So, I spoke about this on a blog post. A few years ago where people were debating the difference between Tiffany's and the difference between Costco. And, uh, and uh, you know, that went on for several days, I think, that, that that went on. But anyway, so from an insurance perspective, yes. And of course, the experience I have working with a branded polisher where there was a dramatic difference in the performance, um, and there was an even more dramatic difference in the price, I do know that if you have a difference in your diamond, um, it makes it even easier to sell, right? For those who really want something special. So for those polishers that are in the market that uh, that are not making those changes, you know, getting getting to gap standards and those kinds of things, who aren't adding the value to uh, uh, the diamonds that they're polishing, I think it's pretty much going to be end of the line for some of these uh, diamond polishers. I think they're going to struggle. Um, I think that they're going to leave the market. And I think that that's where, in the near future, you're going to see diamond prices start to increase. So as we wash out of our industry, right, the the manufacturers that are not able to produce diamonds and be profitable, um, you'll see them leave. Because they have to. There's no way that they can make money and stay in the business. So for you as a buyer today, um, today is a good day to go out and buy. Uh, does that mean that the prices aren't going to change tomorrow or the day after? Well, yeah, of course they still can. But we're talking about in the near future, I can see this happening, prices are definitely going to go up. And I think that that's probably going to be uh, somewhere near the first of next year year. So if you're thinking about buying a diamond, now is a good time. All right. So if you're going to buy a stone here in the near future, you can still call me and ask me questions and ask for my opinion. And that is absolutely free. Um, if you've got any sort of questions you may ask about your diamond purchase using the affidavit of diamond buying agreement uh, the I should say the affidavit of diamond grade and statement of buyer's rights uh, so I call that very simply the diamond buying agreement you know you can send those in to me through email or you can call me at 803-792-1326 you can leave me a comment on the uh, on the website itself underneath this podcast Uh, You can leave me questions there, and I will absolutely look forward to helping you. Again, uh, you can call me, 803-792-1326. Send me a message through Twitter if you like. That's D-A-M-J-C-G-O-R-I-T-Z, or you can contact me in LinkedIn. Anyway, the other topic I have is going to be a two-part topic. That's where I'm going to talk, or this is where I'm going to talk about the fact that the diamond industry is up in arms right now. And I'm so, so thankful that this is happening because this has been going on for such a long time. And so many people have been taken advantage of because this has not been brought to the forefront. And that is the fact that there are diamond laboratories out there producing bogus reports last year I talked about the uh, uh, the certificates and the reports and the appraisals and what all this stuff means and uh, you know I talked about how there are uh, paper mills out there producing diamond reports and it has come to the forefront that under Federal Trade Commission guidelines if a store and or a report does not state, that their diamonds are grayed to the standards as set by the GIA. It is assumed. So I think what this means for you and I is that it's going to get really hard, I hope, right? So we hope that this makes a major change. For the diamond graders that produce reports uh, for a fee... Um, that are doing it fraudulently, I, I hope it scares the pants off of them. I'm going to make some changes to the affidavit of diamond buying grade and statement of buyer's rights on the site, the one you can download that's going to make this statement, because right now it talks about that if the person, when they guarantee the color, clarity, carat weight, report number, or the offering price, all those kinds of things on the, on the, uh, the buyer's right statement... Um, that uh, if it doesn't come back a grade to the uh, the grade that they quoted you, of course, that they'll replace it, reimburse you, you know, to, to those effects, costs and those kinds of things. But I am going to put that in there. I'm going to make the modification to it that um, that they will state that the grades assigned uh, are assigned to the standards as set by the GIA. And then... then They or you have the power. um, If you did get the stone graded and it didn't come back, of course, you will have some recourse with them. So I'm going to make some changes to that. So that's a big change or a big, big piece of news that's come out. It was a big panel of of, uh, all the different labs that were out there and they were talking about these grades. And just to give you a little bit of uh, insight on, on what's been going on, it was last year that uh, I had the show about the reports, and uh, there was a store in the Southwest that was selling diamonds, and they were selling diamonds with reports that were poorly done. That's the only way I'm going to say it. They They were fraudulently Fraudulently produced, i.e., or the example would be is that if the stone were a G grade uh, by the lab standards that, that uh, they were selling these uh, pieces of junk paper with, uh, if you took it the GIA and you had the stone graded, it would come back maybe a J or a K, right? So, I mean, that's a huge swing as far as color. And then the same thing was happening with Clarity. So this is this is not new, but it, it was new to the internet. And what I mean by that is, yes, people have spoken about it before, but it's never been the firestorm that it was back then. So I think it's very important to note that if you're going to buy a diamond today, you definitely want to make sure that no matter what, if they're going to, to present it with a report that you verify the report against the stone, that that you make sure that they write the color and clarity characteristics on the receipt and that they make the statement that they are, you know, that they agree with the grade and it was grade to the standards as set by the GIA. If you don't want to do that, just download the document right off my website and make sure they sign it and file that away so you'll have some protection for you. Other than that, buy a stone with a GIA, buy the stone with an AGS report, or maybe a GCal or something like that, and uh, you know just be set with it, just be done, and you know you you got uh, a report that where they'll stand behind it. And I and I should say that there's different levels of standing behind it because both the GIA and AGS. Produce reports that they disclaim that they they are liable in any way. The only one of those three that I mentioned, GCal, will stand behind it, but they don't stand behind it in a way where you're going to get a brand new stone. But they will they will stand behind the the cost difference, or just do what uh, what I did, which is just get a, a GIA report. So that's very very important to know that the trade is swinging the direction of recognizing and uh, I should say bringing. Out the light and shining it on these individuals who are producing reports that are so poorly done, just for the fact of deceiving people and uh, trying to make money in a way that's fraudulent. I think it's fantastic. This was this was brought up. I think it's fantastic that this. Has been brought to the forefront and was a major, major, um, you know, a meeting of minds on on what can happen uh, or what should be done to these individuals who produce these reports. They, sh- they should be in, in some way, um, I don't know. I-, I think bad things, right? <laughs> I-, I don't want to say anything. People that produce reports fraudulently should just not be in this business. And we know that there's bad people in every industry. Um, just do the right thing. Get one of the major laboratory reports and set your mind at ease that uh, that what you're buying is what it is. Now, remember, a diamond grade is still an opinion. You would like to know that the opinion was done objectively. I mean, grading is subjective to a degree, uh, but as objective as possible, not subjective to, hey, man, I'm going to slide $100 into your fist and you grade it whatever I want. So I think that's just absolutely fantastic that, that the, the trade has made such a, a, a big noise about these kinds of laboratory reports. Anyway... Um, I hope you've listened. Uh, I hope you've really enjoyed our show this week. This is the second show I've had for this year. And I'll be producing quite a bit more. And I'm really, really excited. You know, I got this little small little section here where I've got all my sound studio tools. If you've seen my sound studio before, it looks pretty much like it did before. It's just on a little smaller scale, you know. Um, And today I'm using instead of uh, um, uh, the computer, I'm using the iPad for the sound and the music and all those kinds of things. So I'm having fun. And uh, you know I'm enjoying it. And I hope that you're enjoying it. And I hope you tune in for our next show, which I'm really going to drive home this issue about reports. I'm really going to drive home this issue about appraisals. Um, And we'll talk a little bit over the next several shows about some of the things that we're going to be doing. That's my wife and I, as the changes that we've made um, and the changes I've made to return officially to the industry. Now, I'm still not taking any funds or making any monies directly from this show. This show is my way of giving back to you what you've been able to provide for me. That's throughout my decades of being in this business, you That's you who, listen, have bought from me, whether you're a jeweler or you're a consumer. You've provided me with with ability to work. You've provided my wife with the ability to work. You know, she would polish stones and she sold jewelry and Carved waxes and all these kinds of things for the you know jewelry designs. So you've supported both of us. So thanks to my my uh, parents who supplied me with all the different books that I used to read, and even my my teachers in, in in decades past who supplied me with that. So the jewelry stores, the consumers, my family. This is my way of giving back to you, and I do this because I absolutely just love helping so if you've enjoyed the show of course again like me in itunes let me know send me an email message send me a tweet on twitter let me know on google plus let me know on linkedin Follow me somewhere and just let me know. And I'll love forward to talking with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to to producing a show that will have come out next week. I'm looking forward to talking with you then. If you've got a question, send it to to me through the voicemail on the website. That's the SpeakPipe app that I have at DiamondInformationCenter.com. It's on the right-hand side of the site. So if you've got a cell phone like, you know, got an iPhone or an Android phone or anything like that. Uh, You got an iPad that's got the speaker on it, you know, so you've got the little camera, the one I'm using doesn't have that. But if you have that, you can send me a voicemail message right there from the site. It actually comes out really good quality. Um, And or you can call me on the 803-792-1326 number. And I'll look forward to talking with you soon.